McNulty's done incredibly well to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, from Bosby. Bosby are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle for McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, scores yeah. for Bosby. Smashes it past McCormack. One by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bosby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe. Nonchalant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They've won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce. Proud to be Pompey. Hi, Bobby fans, and welcome to PO4 Cast, episode 45. Well, after a difficult week, we're about to bring some absolute sunshine into your life with two amazing guests and one amazing co-host, Andy Mitchell. How are you, mate? Hi, Hugh. I'm good, thank you, mate. Uh, bit deflated from the last the last couple of weeks of, of being a Pompey fan, but uh, you crack on, don't you? Yeah. Absolutely, mate. And let's be honest, everyone listens to this podcast people are going to be feeling a little bit deflated, aren't they, after, well, after that Burton Albion game. But we're here to, to you know, bring a little bit of life to them, well, a bit of sunshine to their life, really, aren't we, through this podcast? Absolutely, yeah. I think you've just got to try and move on to the next game. The Burton result could have been worse. I mean, I know we're about to talk about it in a bit more detail. Um, everyone's a bit deflated. Everyone's a little bit, sort of, there's a lot of apathy flying around about the club at the moment. There's not even that much that much anger by the looks of it compared to some other games this season, but uh, yeah, we'll try and try and focus on or well, find and focus on some positives. So we'll just go into a little bit, a little um, a short review quickly of the Burton game, and following that, we sat down with um, David Norris and went through his predictions basically for the Southampton game, amongst other things. And he speaks about you know the management and how he would approach the the game and you know what to say to the lads in the dressing room. And then after that, we went and spoke to uh, Loire Loire as well to get his well view basically on exactly the same things I just spoke about a minute ago. But it's great to have those two on the podcast because both of them scum destroyers, Pompey legends. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Two two guys who've got a good amount of experience to um, succeed and against against the guys up the road. So Absolutely. yeah, who could be better to talk about the match next week? Precisely, mate. Um, yeah, I'm excited just talking about it now. And it was great interviewing this. So, Andy, let's the guests go into the bit that's a little bit less fun, should we say, than the two interviews in a minute we're gonna we're gonna go through. So Burton, it was an awful start to the game, wasn't it? Oh well, yeah. I mean I was it a couple of seasons ago the the same sort of thing happened. I think it might have been against Doncaster, but don't quote me on that. Uh where we conceded a couple early and yeah, the word is just it's shell shock, isn't it? You don't normally see that at Fratton where we get caught completely cold uh, out of the gates. And I think I said on the on the last pod when we were previewing the Southampton game that I couldn't remember the last time you saw Pompey really ever, you know, get smashed at home or look all over the place at home. But for that first six minutes, first, well, even slightly after the first six minutes, it, I mean, I think by the time we conceded the second goal, Ronan Curtis still hadn't actually touched the ball and we were two goals down. Yeah. Um, it was a fairly abject start and there was just no composure on the ball. 
I'm not sure what the game plan was when the players got sent out. Um, so whether the fault is, you know, with the manager for not giving a, a set game plan or if the fault was with the players for not executing it well enough. But um, yeah, it was a, an absolute mess to start with. And we were quite fortunate that um, the, the Burton player made a couple of bad decisions and got himself sent off. Otherwise, I think it would have been a very different result. I think it definitely would be, wouldn't it? Because they actually had to change the whole way they play. Um, I think Burton are generally quite a difficult team to break down, as we've seen last season when we played against them as well. And we were fortunate in that game, weren't we, to get well to get that winning goal thanks to a Nathan Thompson handball and, and the goal was offside as well. Mm. I didn't think that we were actually going to come back into this game. In fact, I didn't think we were going to win the game, the, you know, really well once with those two goals went in i was just i thought that was probably going to be it but the penalty at the end andy in particular i don't think that was a penalty do you no i'd agree with you there uh, i think it was it was fairly soft um from what i see sort of the 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 clough interview after the game he said that he spoke to ellis harrison as they were walking down the tunnel and he asked him if it was a penalty and uh, harrison said that it was that the word was soft that he used i think um, but to be fair, I thought Cannon should have had a penalty shortly before that. And these things, you know, you shouldn't get one decision wrong to make up for another wrong decision. But I think they do even themselves out over the course of 90 minutes and over the course of a season. Uh, and that, that did happen in the second half. So, no, I don't think it was a penalty. I don't really think that Pompey could have argued much if we hadn't won the game. It was pretty uninspiring. Uh, sorry, if we hadn't even got a point out of the game. It was a very uninspiring performance. Um, but again, you, we might look back at that in May and say that that was a really important point that we somehow picked up. You just have to hope that that does happen. Yeah, definitely. I, I, do you know what it is, though? I mean, when I looked to the team sheet, I thought, mm. that was the first thing I thought. Just sort of, I looked at it and I thought, and Ross McCrory didn't have the best game of his of his Pompey career, I thought, in centre midfield. However, I liked him starting there, Ben Close. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know why James Bolton is not playing at right back. You know, he was set, he was signed to be a right back. You know, the right back to um, to replace Nathan Thompson. He's he's looked good when I've seen him play. Um, you know, highly regarded. I like Christian Burgess a lot. He just isn't a right back, is he? No, I don't think I don't think he is. Well, no, well, he he, he literally isn't. Um, I think he's he's been put in a position that's quite difficult for him being asked to play right back. And I think in general he's done a pretty good job, especially defensively. But um, you could tell from his his delivery was was pretty poor because that's not normally really part of his job description to to whip in crosses from from the mm -hmm. right wing. That's not you know that's not what's expected of him in his normal position. Um, and yeah, you could just you could tell, especially going forward, that he wasn't in his natural, in his natural element. Um, I agree. I don't. I, I don't particularly understand why we've signed a right back if he is going to be second choice behind one of our first potentially first choice centre back pairings. It just seems a bit a bit a little bit too convoluted for me. Um, I'm all up for a bit of uh, fluidity and. For example, Hawkins playing at centre-back when he first turned up, although that was more due to necessity. I'm up for being fluid and you know being able to change things around and everyone being a bit more malleable. But this just seems a little bit too convoluted, too many players not playing in their preferred positions. 
to me. Um, and I think that shows with a, a lack of cohesion on the pitch for, for most of the 90 minutes, to be honest. Yeah, it did. And it's just one of those things we're talking about, about does Kenny Jackett know his, his best team? Um, and he said it was, Kenny Jackett said it was down to the fact that injuries meant that he couldn't choose his best team. But, you know, Bolton's back and, you know, he's got nearly every player, hasn't he, at disposal, apart from Marcus Harness, who still picked up an injury. But at the same time, this is it now, isn't it? You should know your best team before we get to this stage of the season. And we still look a bit lost. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think we're, what, is it, is it six games uh, we've played now in the league. Um, I've forgotten because it's so disjointed, Andy. Yeah, you I think lose, it's six. You lose track, yeah. Six plus so. some some cup games. You, you need to know what your first choice eleven is by now. That if you were playing the game that decided your season, you need to know exactly who you would be playing in what position. And I'm I'm not convinced he does at the moment. I'm again, I'm not even convinced he's really sure what his favourite formation should be at the moment. Um, again, he's showing a bit. Uh, Jacket is showing a bit more. Uh, happy, or he's a bit happier to change things around than maybe he has been previously. He's been criticised for being stubborn and sticking to a plan that wasn't necessarily working. And I think he's a bit less like that at the moment. But that is also coming across as uncertainty and not knowing, you know, yeah, as you say, not knowing his first 11, not knowing what positions they want to play in. Um, yeah, and it's getting to the point now that, you know, it's almost... I don't, I'm not going to use the word crisis to describe the season so far. It's obviously not great. It's not not a crisis. Um, but it's getting to the point that if he doesn't know his, his first choice 11 soon, it will be approaching crisis levels. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's interesting. I looked at the underlying stats, you know, generally just the past completions and all, all that sort of thing, you know, chances created. Um, and Ryan Williams on his debut actually had the worst game statistically. Um, out of all players. How did you think of his performance yesterday? See, I thought he looked pretty good. I mean, it's hard to argue with stats, but in a in a first half where Pompey didn't, for the most part, didn't look to have any cohesion, any real excitement to their play, it was all a bit disjointed, all a bit, no one really wanting to be on the ball. At least he looked fresh enough to, you know, try some tricks and take on his mat and for me, he stood out in a positive way from a lot of the players around him. Uh, just unfortunately for him that with the, the formation change, I'm assuming it was that rather than any sort of injury niggle, as far as I can see, um, with the formation change, he, he came off at, at half-time. But I thought it was a fairly bright start, to be honest with you. I've not seen him play before. Um, I thought he did a fairly good job. I've seen a couple of people criticising him a bit on social media, but I, I disagree with that. Just the no. final product. That's some of the final delivery wasn't ideal, but, other but than that, I think, on the board, he I, think that's the, I think that's the thing that Rotherham fans were concerned about a little bit, and it was just due to the fact that he's got the ability to, to do a, make a lot of noise, but maybe not mm. create create clear cut chances. Um, but anyway, it's the first game, isn't it? So I'll try not to judge him too much on that. Right, um, that's exactly it, mate. But I think the, the inability to create clear cut chances. I mean, the number of shots uh, Ross McCrory had from. You know, 30 yards out plus it just that, that epitomised how difficult we found it to actually have some sort of incisive final ball yeah. um, and that's that final ball or that, that ball on the on the ground cutting a defence in half is where John Marquis is in theory should be coming into his own but he's not getting 
the service that suits his style of play at all, um, which at the end of the day comes down to to the management. Um, but yeah, just fashioning his chances. I mean, Pittman hit the bar. The Burton keeper made one one or two really good saves. It's a worldie that one at the end, wasn't it? The, the head, it was, the, I think it was Curtis, the header. It was absolutely, yeah. yeah, seriously good save. I thought that just summed up our night, really, uh, at the time. But yeah, he he made a couple of really good saves. But I don't know, you just, we look like it's just a struggle to break down 10 men. I don't know if, if expectations are too high, but the way we approached the game against Coventry and then, I mean, last night, was probably slightly better against 10 men and you have to say it's better because you know we came from behind to, to, to draw the game sure but not the other way around yeah, yeah exactly um it's just not it's not enjoyable to watch you know and it's not enjoyable to watch and it's not getting results which is the worst combination we're gonna have to hope for a cup miracle aren't they and we get on to that um talking to norris and and, and loire loire because something's got to change and for for Saturday really isn't it we've got to get some positivity really and give people a bit of hope going into the game against Southampton yeah um, I mean the last time we, I was on we talked about getting some momentum up, uh, before the Southampton game and nothing has happened since the last time I was on the pod to suggest that we've picked up any momentum and Saturday is the last chance we've got um, and I know we're going to talk about that game in a moment but uh, Wickham aren't going to be a, an, an easy team to turn over away from home um, but yeah, we need to get some sort of momentum, even if it's a really good performance and a hard-fought point against a team that play well against us, or if we can take the three points. But if we lose that game on Saturday, you do worry about the fact that there's no momentum at all being taken into that Southampton game. Yeah, no, completely, completely, Andy. Andy, since we've got these two interviews, which are pretty substantial and stuff. Yeah. Should we round it up now here? Um, go to the David Norris interview. Then we're going to go to the Loire Loire interview. Um, and we'll just do a quick bit at the end to preview in Wickham. Sounds good. Awesome. David, welcome back to the podcast again, mate. And you are the perfect person to come and preview the game against that lot down the road against Southampton. And, but first of all, how have you been, mate? All right? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Good to be back on. Um, yeah, I've, I've done a obviously with what happened last time i've 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 been a, i've done a few interviews with with different with various different mediums so with that game yeah it, it it has come back to the last time they played so obviously that that's brought a little bit more you know nice limelight my way and uh yeah good to be back on and it's great isn't it having the uh, we felt we actually spoke about it before on the podcast you know scoring the goal etc um maybe it was a little bit of fate then that we drew them in the cup yeah yeah i know yeah seeing as it wasn't you know that long ago and uh, it, you don't even think about it. You don't even, you know, it wasn't even entering my head that the two teams would get drawn in the cup. You're just almost assuming that it's going to be a league match the next time they meet, and it could be a while. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a shock, but uh, but what a potential occasion! Absolutely. Um, before we get on to the Pompey game, just to see what's happening with you recently, you're uh, apparently scoring reasonably freely for Lancaster City. Every time I look at your Instagram story at the moment, there seems to be match highlights on there. How's, <laughs> how's your season going at the moment? Yeah, I'm do- it's doing all right. Um, you know, I get a lot of stick for, for being the old man of the team, but at the minute, uh, you know, I think I, I got a, a last-minute winning goal and then I got a hat-trick and then another goal and then I got an, a two. So, you know, the last few games have been really good for me. Uh, everything I'm in and around and involved in seems to be going in so and we're doing okay ourselves as a team as well so, so player yeah, of the month aren't you David 
Sorry? Player of the month, I think I saw. Yeah, yeah. I think that was, like I say, that was just based off them, the goals I was scoring. At the, uh, and because if they were like, well, the hat trick we won uh, 4-2, so it was the majority of the goals in the game. The, the one that I scored on its own was a last-minute winner. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been nice to be at Fair. You know, I've, I've, I've enjoyed it. Um, you know, to, to, to be able to, you know, keep going keep up with these the, the younger players that are, that are still got you that are going strong and you know trying to put me put me into retirement so I'm still holding my own yeah and I'm sure they could learn some absolute techers off you mate as we know <laughs> so uh, are they asking you for tips at all N- nah not really to be honest nah I mean we just um the young lads are great uh and I'll speak to them just in general about um not necessarily so much the technical side but um you know if they want to go further and, and what it's going to take and what they're going to need to do that, you know, some of them have got a chance, uh, hopefully. Um, and so a, a little bit more on, on, on that front, um, than, you know, technical, to be honest, I wasn't the technically the greatest. I, I, if you look at my goal reel, you know, even I'm surprised watching that back sometimes because of, I was more of a up and down engine type of guy. But if you look on my goal reel, like some of them goals, I'm looking thinking, well, wow, that's not you. <laughs> you haven't got that technical <laughs> ability, but unbelievable. So it's been so I've got I've got some nice goals, but yeah, I just give them a little bit of general advice in general. No, it's good, and and we've been talking before on, on the podcast, just even talking to the young Pompey lads, and they you know they've taken out a few players in the Pompey squad. Obviously, Matt Clark's moved on now, but him he was that sort of player who just sort of led by example, really. And they're saying not just his ability, but his sort of his attitude helped him get where he was at such a young age. Yeah, and and, and that's exactly the same for me. Um, I've passed, you know, come across so many, you know, better players technically than me um, over the years uh, that didn't go on to maybe do it, you know, as well as as I had. And so it, it takes more than that. But my game was that it was, you know, work hard, um, up and down. You know, I'd make that many runs into the box on the hope that, you know, one or two is going to fall for me and I'm going to get a few goals as well. And that'll help. So, yeah, that, that was my game. Um, and obviously, luckily for me, I had no pace or so had nothing to lose. And also... Fans appreciate that. I think that's the thing <laughs> they want is someone who's going to just graft and they know that they're going to get 100% whether they play well or whether they play rubbish, if they can still see him putting it in. And, and, and you know, I think that worked well for me over the years. How have you found it um, as you've progressed through your career and as you get naturally older, have you found it reasonably easy to maintain your fitness over the course of the 90 minutes, being that, that engine of the team? Or have you had to adapt your game at all recently? No, no, it's still the same. Um uh, I'm still like I'm still want to be getting up and about the pitch. You know, sometimes you'll see players that will drop down and then do more of a sitting role. Mm. Um, not really, and that's not really my game. And so, I'll just make sure I'm always as fit as I can possibly be, uh, and that'll give me a chance to keep doing what I want to do. And that's you know keep getting forward, keep getting back, and just enjoying the game in general. So no, I, I haven't really adapted or changed my game. Um, I've just maintained my fitness. And that should be easier, obviously, running your own PT company as well. I'm guessing that makes it easier to um, keep your fitness up as such, doesn't it? Rather than maybe, say, myself, who's more sitting by TV watching Netflix. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree to totally because I'm in the environment. Sometimes it's hard because of, if I'm that busy, I sometimes find it hard to get a session in. But obviously being in within the gym environment, I mean, I don't know how some people do it when they come in at 6 a.m., you know, and smash out a session or they've had a long day at work and then have to go to the gym. I think I'd find it much harder to maintain my fitness that way. But luckily, yeah, my the job I'm in now and the environment I'm in enables me to make sure I'm as you know as fit and strong as possible. Definitely. Um, David, you've got a charity game coming up in Manchester, haven't you? Um, yeah. So 
we see a couple of new faces we recognize taking part in the match um could you talk people through the match just quickly and how they can donate to the cause and just explain a little bit about it yeah so um i mean i've played in quite a lot of um of charity games um myself and so uh, me with along with um a girl called Stacey from Aesthetics and and Danny from um, Unique Sports. We decided to put one on ourselves. You know, I should have hopefully a, a few contacts um, through football, and and I, I do some of the um, reality TV guys through uh, PT. And and so we got together. We just put a game. It's going to be at the stadium next to the Etihad. Um, we're going to have some ex pros, some boxers, some actors. Um, and then we're going to have a game. It's going to be a family day, so there's going to be bouncy castles, you know, games for the kids, you know, um, challenges, penalty shootouts, crossbar challenge, all that, and hoping to raise money for cash for kids, um, you know, a, a, a great cause um, in the Manchester area, and then we'll have a do in the in the evening. So, so yeah, that's on the 29th of September at the Manchester Regional Are- uh, Arena. So if anyone, um, you know, you can get in touch through any of my social media, or um, Unique Sports Management um, on Instagram as well um, and get in touch if they want to make any donations or, or, or purchase any tickets or if they can make it up themselves, that'd be great. Yeah, and it's a, it's a great charity as well, helping kids in the community, um, you know, live up to their potential, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's obviously a lot of less fortunate kids out there and, um, you know, you come to around like Christmas times especially and, you know, it can be quite a humbling time and, you know, we've done it even as a player. We did it where we went round to the hospitals and uh, and and to other places where you know kids were less weren't as fortunate. And it does it. You know, it's hard to let that stick long term, but it definitely humbles you and, and makes you think about it and how lucky you know I. I look at my kids now and think you know how lucky they they possibly are. So if we can do stuff like this, that can just you know bring some happiness and and, and some some gifts or some days out for to the kids. It's great. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, if anyone wants to get involved with that. Um, yeah, drop us a message or drop David or, or Danny at Unique Sports a message for tickets. Um, yeah. Sounds like an awesome event. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it should um, be. We'll crack on to Pompey in a second, but yeah. you do have other previous teams, uh, most of whom seem to be doing, having a you know a slightly better start to the season than Pompey are. So yeah. you've got Leeds top of the championship, yeah. Ipswich in, in the same league as Pompey are second and with a game in hand. Uh, yeah. Plymouth started quite strongly, but have have dropped off a bit recently. Yeah. How have you kept track of the of so many teams at the start of the season? And is it good to see the majority of the teams you used to play for succeeding in their league so far? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and and to be honest, uh, surprisingly so. I, I mean, I knew Leeds would be strong, but I thought there might be a little bit of a hangover from last year with the way mm. it did fall apart for them. And so I thought I kind of expected they might start slow and then have to rebuild momentum and, uh, and get the confidence back and do it that way. Whereas, I mean, they've just they've come back pretty much where they left off at the start, you know, at the start of last season and up until the halfway point, really. Um, so they've so they've surprised me a little bit. Um, I expected them to come strong, but to be as strong as they are now, you know, they're absolutely flying. So they've got every chance, and 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 they probably, you know, are such a big club that's tried this many years to get back in in its fan base. It'd be great to, I think, see them back into the into the Premier League. Mm. Uh, Ipswich, another one, super surprised. They've had a tough few years. Um, and I didn't know, you know, with it, with them dropping down, whether it would just be a little bit of free fall for them and just trying to um, stabilise. Uh, so it's great to see that, they, you know, they've they've started so well and, and hopefully they can maintain that. And with Plymouth, I, I thought it was a good uh, appointment. Um, hungry manager, young, proven mm. uh, in, in the recent times. And so 
I think they'll do well. I think they'll be in and around the playoffs come the end of the season. I think uh, they've got a decent enough squad. They, they they might just not have the depth at the minute. But yeah, um, they've dropped off a little bit, but I'd expect them to be up there. But yeah, it's good. It's nice to see. Um, to be honest, I probably expected Portsmouth to be one of the stronger ones. Um, and maybe that might just be, you know, hopefully taking its time to get going. If I didn't know that, didn't know it before, um, David, I'd say you're a podcast professional because that literally transitions perfectly uh, into the question I was going to talk to you about. And it's, yeah. it's been an extremely uh, frustrating start to the season, just for Pompey fans, as you were mentioning, really. You know, some poor yeah. results um, and just really, not just the results, but some unconvincing performances. Um, have you caught any of the start to the season or I know you're a busy man? Yeah, so, I mean, I just, I just keep an eye on the results, to be honest. And then, um, you know, We'll catch up on a bit of the news to see who's doing well. Uh, you know, if the team's struggling or doing well, who's who's producing, who's not producing, why or why it's not going so well. So, um, yeah, I keep an eye on, especially you know, I've got four or five teams that I definitely like to keep an eye out. And like I say, I expected Pompey to probably be one of the stronger ones with with investment made and um, having coming close last year and, and having the, the Wembley trips. And I thought, you know, maybe now that now was a, that we're going to actually kick on with that with that little bit of investment. Um, but at the moment, it's not—it's just not happening. Mm. For a variety of reasons. I mean, we were just chatting briefly before the pod about um, the, the atmosphere at the end of the Coventry game, for example, where uh, we were a goal up against 10 men and then against nine men and ended up drawing three all. And yeah. the atmosphere has got, I'm, sh- I'm sure you've been at Fratton when that has happened, a little bit toxic at times. Yeah. Uh, that's probably an understatement for this season, to be honest. Um when that's happened for you in the past, not necessarily even just with Pompey, when every 50-50 is going against you, your team's conceding unlucky deflections, how can you as a player uh, get through a spell like that and, and turn it around with a team like uh, you must have done with in your career in the past? Yeah, I mean, you, you sort of, if it's not going for you, um, you tend to have, you'll end up having a lot of meetings. Uh, what's going wrong? What can we do? You know, you'll try and come together as a team and as a management Um and and to be honest, it, it, it normally results in just going back to basics for a couple of games, even if it means being a little bit more direct and just working, you know, as hard as you possibly can. Because if the fans see that and it's still not working, they'll give you a little bit more benefit of the doubt. But if it's not working and then players are not performing and then they might not look like they're giving it everything, then, like I say, it can turn toxic pretty quickly. Mm. But I think... If, if you all get on the same page, they've got to come together as a team and, and they've just got to work hard I think if they can just start working hard in it under the right you know formation or setup they'll get a result they'll get one and then hopefully that will give them a bit of confidence and then you know they'll go on from there but once you're in a bit of a rut and then it gets a bit toxic sometimes that can be difficult to get out of um and you'll find players maybe you know lacking in confidence going into their shell a bit especially at a, a place you know like Fratton Park where it can be intimidating and you've got to be a character to first of all play you know, under them fans and enjoy that pressure. Um, and also knowing that most teams that come there, you know, Portsmouth are still looked upon as a as a big scalp and, and you've got to be able to handle that as well. Hmm. So when you say there are more team meetings going on behind the scenes, what does that refer to specifically? Because you hear this a lot as, as a fan. You say, oh, you know, we've had a, we've dro- uh, aired all the dirty laundry, we've locked ourselves in the room, blah, blah, blah. What, what does that actually involve as a player? Are you putting up videos of the performances where it's gone wrong and highlighting technical things? Or are you just brutally being honest about other people you don't necessarily think are pulling their weight in the side? What's yeah. actually happening behind closed doors there? It, 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 it will cover everything. 
and it has done. Um, it can cover. Normally, it will be that they, they'll give the players some, you know, an option to feedback. Why do they not think um, it's happening? Um, is there a formation? Are they comfortable in their roles? Do they know their roles? Do they know what's being asked of them? Um, it'll be that. It'll come down normally a few, quite more than a few times with teams I've been involved in when we've we've not started well or we've been on a bad run. Fitness, they'll just come down. Oh, we don't look fit enough, you know. Which sometimes it's not because you, sometimes when you're in that rut, it it just looks like that. But there'll then be some more running to be done, or they'll, the the lads will go for a tough couple of weeks, and it, and it could be but down. To, they'll they'll put it down to fitness. But these days they've got everything. They've got all the stats. Yeah, um, analytics. Well, yeah, everything. So the feedback will be massive. They can get as much as they want and they can use that to however they want as well. You know, you can almost manipulate that to, to force home what you need. But And then it'll be being brutally honest. The management team will will have to pull players and just say, I mean, I remember getting pulled a couple of times at, um, once at the start of switch and once at Plymouth where it was, you, you're, not, you're not doing it. You know, I'm going to, you know, I need more from you. Otherwise, you know, almost you're going to come out the team. And, you just need, and you need to just accept that and 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 go again. But um, I think it covers a bit of everything. Once you're in their meetings, it depended on the management whether and and what is they think is going wrong. But like I say it can be fitness, to be brutally honest, to the formation, to knowing their jobs, to 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 working hard enough, to to buying into the team. It can be anything. I was just mm. going to say, touching on formation. Um, I've been quite impressed when we played a, a 4-3-3 formation. Um, probably yeah. we've got you know three quite strong midfielders in the middle with Ross McCrory on loan, on loan from Rangers. Obviously Ben Close, you know, Pompey Boy, and then Andy Cannons look good as well. And all three of them can get up and down the pitch. Yeah. Do you think that when you're playing a team like Southampton who are in the Premiership and stuff, it could be quite important to have that real strong core to the team and a, a little bit of a high press is what we've been we've been uh, using with that system. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And especially if you're going to go and play a team like Southampton, who if you let them play and they start popping it around and you're chasing shadows, it can be, and they get their tails up and their confidence is flowing and, and they get, say, an early goal, you, you, it's going to be a long night. Um, I think the way that, that they go, especially from the start, is and it will give them a lift, uh, is to go at them, um, high press, force them into mistakes, get them on the back foot. And that would be definitely the way I would approach the game. I think if you just try and, um, you know, contain them and, 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 and be too defensive, once they've broke that deadlock, it's, if they, and should they do, it's hard to then change and get back out of that because you're set up the other way. Whereas if you just take the shackles off and just go, go on then, boys, go and do your thing, press them, press them, force them into mistakes, get this crowd right behind you and, and that would be the way to go. Mm. Um, something that... We didn't actually think about asking, um, and I won't ask you about the specifics of it at Pompey because, I mean, I uh, wouldn't expect you to really know what was going on there at the moment, is how important it is to have a, a club captain and vice captain. So one of the things that's happened at Pompey recently, I don't know if you've seen it, is that uh, uh, Brett Pittman and Gareth Evans were captain, oh, yeah. vice captain, and that's been changed after something like five or six league games. Um, how much of a, a difference does that realistically make in the dressing room, uh, having that having that change mid-season rather than in the closed season, would you say? Uh, depending on the characters of the, the players involved, it could potentially be have a big effect because of you're going to... You need a dressing room that's all together. Um, normally, you get players who, who might not be playing, but some of them, if they're big characters or they've got an attitude, they can be toxic within the dressing room of breeding negativity. So... 
I don't know the circumstances and what the lads are, are like on a personal level, but I, and I, and how that was done, whether they were almost like stripped of or whether it was a decision, mm. that, you know, through a group chat. Uh, so it can be, it can have a big effect. Yeah. So it, it, if you're the captain and vice captain and that changes during a season and it's not to your liking, then you can potentially, you know, that, that can cause trouble, trouble rifts, you know, um, some negativity within the change room, which obviously is the last thing you need. Uh. I mean, I think, um, I think, no, well, I mean, I think Andrew Moon um, spoke to Gareth Evans about it and he just said, obviously I'm disappointed. It was, I was very proud to wear the armband for Portsmouth. Ultimately, it's not my decision. Um, yeah. I think that's a very media friendly um, yeah, response. Yeah, he is a but, professional, isn't he? But um, yeah, I mean, on the positive side, I think Tom Naylor himself is, I thought, should have been the cap- made captain in, in the summer. Yeah. So I think, you know, he's a leader on the pitch. He's got that experience. You know, when I've, yeah. when I've watched him play either a centre midfield or at the back, he's always the first, you know, player on the team sheet. Uh, he's yeah. also that guy. He's, he's vocal. He gets around. He leads by example. And I just think that maybe that could have been done in the summer. But yeah, we move on and hopefully. That's, that's the general consensus, isn't it? That yeah. yeah. The, the decision itself isn't necessarily a bad one. It's just the timing of it. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, it doesn't but... sit right with a lot of people. No, no, that's right. I mean, even when I was there, um, it was Liam Lawrence uh, was captain, but was injured quite a bit. So I was then skipper for a few games um, in his absence. Uh, and then Michael Appleton come in and he made uh, Jason Pierce his captain. Mm. Um, and so, I mean, I didn't mind. It wasn't going to change what I was going to do on the pitch, but it, it did like I was a little bit t- like disappointed because of I mean, the, the the almost how proud it makes you wearing being the captain of a team, especially like a big team. Um, so it, it it can, like I say, it can be it can be difficult. I think if it was a, if it was a different character or someone else who took that, you know, didn't take that well, and then and then took it badly, and then was a a, a bad influence in the changing room, uh, you know, it, it could have a bad bad effect. And ours was in the season, and so it, you know, I with Jason, he was perfect captain materials as well, so I couldn't really even argue with it. Uh, it was just that I enjoyed being the captain. Um, but like you say, the timing of it in that occasion, especially when things are not going well, you know, there's always, it, it, can, it can only be, you know, it would be looked upon as another negative thing. Yeah, I, it was in the, the, I think, Hugh, it was the week following uh, the vice captain coming on as a sub after half an hour, then getting taken off again after about 68, 70 minutes. So, as you know, the, the timing just didn't sit well, I think. Anyway, well, we don't want to spend too long on, on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep it positive. That's right. Anyway, yeah. So, um, I was just I was just going to approach the Southampton game, really. Yeah. Um, they're obviously in pretty good form at the moment. They're tenth in the league. Yeah. Um, they've lost the last two, but at the same time, you know, we know how good a team they are. Yeah. Um, they've got a particular a style of football which is not really necessarily possession based in no. the Premier League, but that obviously might translate differently in League One. Do you think that they're going to come out? against us and just try and kill the game straight away and, and quieten the crowd or do you think you know being in their mindset would you do that yeah yeah because of because of the the, the effect the crowd can have uh, an early goal to Southampton would definitely you know quieten everyone down a little bit um, as good as the Pompey fans were whenever we conceded you know trying to get back behind the team I think it would just be um, it would just send because people will be a little bit on edge, not sure what this is going to, how this is going to go, and 
and not wanting it to be a bad one. So I think there'll just be that little bit of, you know, hesitation and uh, and doubt in there. So an early goal, I think, would would be a big setback. Um, mm. And so if I was if Southampton, I think that that could definitely be a, a something that they'll try and exploit if they go look. We get an early goal, a crowd will calm down, and we'll just start playing. And I know statistically they haven't actually scored that many goals for, in the first half, and they've you know when they have, it's been later in the second half. They've managed to hold on for for a win that way. So maybe that yeah. might actually work in our in our um, in our favour. Uh, one quick question, mate. I've just remembered this. Um, did you hear about the fact that they're not running the bubble? as yeah. you know, inverted commas um scheme for fans yeah. so you know there you know, before it was all quite well protected you built that you know donald trump style wall you know he's sort yeah. of wet dream style wall going up yeah. um and this time they're going to run some coaches i believe unprotected and let fans walk to the game i think it's madness i don't know what you it's, think about it's that. insane i've got to go through southampton to get through the game on the train it's going to be interesting yeah i i'm surprised i'm surprised i mean we we had like our protection on the way and, you know, we were still getting, you know, some abuse and the, and the verbals. And like I said, I've said before, you know, from, from a long way out the, to the, uh, from the ground to the ground, you know, we were getting, we were getting our, um, you know, people letting us know what they think. And that's only, you know, through gestures, because obviously they're not going to be able to get close enough to us. So I'm surprised knowing just what it means to both teams and, 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 the, and the hatred and the, and the previous, I'm, I was very surprised that that was, wouldn't just be a standard procedure. Mm. Yeah, I think most people would agree with you. It's surprised a lot of people. One thing you uh, you mentioned a minute ago, which again has seamlessly led on to the next topic we were going to ask about, actually, yeah. is about the threatened crowd. So um, the impact that uh, a vocal crowd or in a bit of a cauldron like uh, uh, Fratton, the impact that can have on the players. So as an example, uh, in our last game, we went 2-0 down after five minutes, six minutes against Burton. And then yeah. pulled one back up, just uh, pulled one back just before half time, yeah. um, and then the Fratton end um, sort of broke into chanting, "We are staying up, we are staying up." Obviously, tongue in cheek, having a bit of a laugh, trying to make the yeah. best of a situation. Um, Hugh, right, it's Lee Brown, isn't it? Made a comment a while ago about um, some sarcasm and some sarcastic songs from the Pompey Pompey fans. I think last season. Mm-hmm. Um, what, as a player, what is your reaction to? Um, that sort of crowd reaction, something happening on the pitch. Do you expect the the fans to stay positive and vocal at all times, or you know, how much of an effect does that have on you? Because I think that is quite positive, really, in some ways. Yeah, you know, for, for, having, Fratton, yeah. for the Fratton standards. That's yeah, having a, having a yeah, season. having a bit of banter. And yeah, that, like, like, rather, yeah, yeah, yeah. Too negative. Um, I mean, I my experience and what I what's a standout um, memory for me was quite a few a lot of the times or a few times when we used to go a goal behind and I've never known it at any other club you know you'd hear out the fratten end just start singing chanting or or raising their voices and getting right back behind you even though you've just conceded which is normally a quiet time or a bit of moaning you can hear Mm. a bit discontent and during that season I remember more than a few occasions thinking you know like wow like these are they're straight back behind us and 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 it and it it gives you it does give you a lift um yeah, I mean, the sarcasm definitely, you know, if, if there was some sarcastic chances, better than being toxic or, or, or booing or being negative. So I don't see that as necessarily a huge, um, a huge issue. issue. But, but going the other way, you know, like I remember more than a few times before the start of games, just as that um, 
the atmosphere was building and the crowd would get really noisy and, and it just gives you a, a really good buzz and a lift inside ready to go, right, come on, let's go. So they can play a huge part in this. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So let's say hypothetically Pompey are walking off at, at half-time against, against Southampton in their, let's say, 3-0 down. What let's, hope your, not, Andy. let's hope not, but as, as, <laughs> yeah. a, as a player who's played in the derby, what would your message be to the Pompey fans as to the best way that they can react to that situation to, to you know, to give the, be- the players the best chance possible or the most mental strength possible? Uh, that's a t- tough question. We love putting you on the spot. Yeah, because to be honest, if I was coming off the pitch at 3-0 down, I'd expect to be booed um, and, and, and get some stick. So, and, and I'd, feel, I'd, feel even, I'd feel probably even worse if it was 3-0 and we were getting tanked, if they were you know, trying to still get behind us. It make me just feel even worse that we're massively letting them down even more. So for me, if I'm coming off the pitch 3-0 down, I'm expecting to get some sticks. So I'll take it on the chin and, you know, just try and, you know, salvage the situation in the second half. So, I mean, I, I could just say, look, it's better if they try and stay behind the boys um, and give them some support and see if they can come out of the second half. But I, I think that, that would be, you know, a little unrealistic from the fans and from the players' point of view. And, you know what, maybe a little bit of stick, if you're coming off 3-0 down, we'll, we'll give them a kick up the arse to, to, to step it up as well. No, definitely. I mean, here's a, here's a weird question, a bit off, off track here, but um, I see the weather forecast is to hammer it down with rain. Uh, on Tuesday, do you think that would only work in Pompey's favour against a Premier League team who you, you'd argue obviously a bit more technical on the field? P- possibly, because of is the ball's going. The pitch I'm assuming is is in good nick because it's still early yeah. days. Oh, it's very gorgeous. good, yeah. it's gorgeous. beautiful, yeah. yeah. So you get that bit of zip on it, and 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 that makes it pass in a bit easier, a bit crisper. So if the you're expecting the Southampton players to be technically a touch better, so it, that that could potentially play a small percentages and uh, and be better for them. Um, but it's a derby, so you know uh, you wouldn't expect them to start to have the chance of start passing it around and start to almost really enjoy mm. enjoy playing before at least once they've done two or three four passes, then someone should be sliding in and you know nailing and stopping it, stopping it, getting getting that far as far as you know I'd be concerned anyway. But yeah, maybe a small small chat percentage that that that, that would play into their hands just with it will make it a lot crisper and easier to pass on the pitch. Mm. What we want is um, the pitch to be like Rodney Parade down at, at Newport <laughs> when, they played, when they took on Man City. That's like, we need to just share Fratton with the local <laughs> rugby team for a week or two. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, well, it's, <laughs> Get it's, those sprinklers out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Soak it up. Do what you need to do. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a derby game. It, it I felt like when we played, they're obviously different. You know, it's different now because of their Premier League and Pompey League One. But we were both going them ways anyway uh, at the time we played them, and they had Lalana, Lambert, um, you know, some big players. Uh, and if I'm totally honest, going into that game, I was hoping for damage limitation. Um, I just felt that where they were going, the players they had, the form they were in, their top two. And where we were with administration not being paid, losing players because of, uh, you know, we had to get rid of them to get them off the wage bills. Uh, young lads coming in, loanies coming in. I was, I wasn't in the best frame of mind thinking, you know, during that week thinking, you know, this is going to be tough. Just in my, if I'm totally honest, I was thinking, don't be four, don't be five, a one nil, a two nil, a bit of respectable. 
it might be at this case, you know, as good as we can have. And and it only really changed just before, as we, on the day, uh, and we travelled over, um, and I could just see what it was then starting to really mean, how it much it meant to Southampton with the fans, the way they were treating us, how much it meant to our fans. You know, we had the build-up, we could get an idea of that, but then seeing it on the day, and then and then we obviously we did a motivational thing just before we went out, and then when we got into the pitch, I was like, no, you know what? We, let's do. We got a chance. We, let's do this. We all left the, the, the bus, you know, ten feet tall, and it was our mentality. It felt like it changed massively between the whole through the whole team, and it was no, we're not here to to to, to crumble. Let's let's have a right go at these, and and let's let's try and do something. And that just sounds very much like, doesn't it? What maybe some of the I don't know the players or the fans are feeling about this game. We've mentioned about you know not getting embarrassed and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. you know, is your message then as you know as a player that they need to really just you know get out there and believe in themselves and you know we can get the win at home at Fratton Park, especially being at home. Yeah, exactly. And and it's not it's not you're not at, it's not a massive massive gap. You see it happening all the time in the cup games where Premier League teams will get beat or draw or this and and then even more so being um, a derby. So that should almost be a leveler where it comes down to a little bit more of, of, of being a character, um, handling the situation, giving it everything. You just have to run yourself into the ground, fly into tackles, you know, with a sensible head, because the last thing you want to do is get sent off. But it's just got to mean that much more because of the consequences. Mm. No, definitely. And, you know, um, you said that Appy put that motivational video on, didn't you, yeah. before before the game on on the coach or whatever? Yeah. You know what? If you if you could give um, Kelly Jacket one piece of advice, you know, you know what he did that really that really inspired you, that really, you know, you've, you've credited for helping lift your game. You know, yeah. what was it? What was on that video? It was just clips of us throughout the season. Um, obviously, good things of scoring goals, of of making tackles, of the keepers making saves, of you know us all celebrating together of us, you know, the good points in a tough season um, of the fact, you know, panning to the fans and seeing how much it meant to them when we were scoring goals and celebrating. Um, and it just hit home, you know, like just just what it does mean and and just what this result would mean if we could get, you know, a, a win or something out of this game. And and I just felt it lifted everyone. I, I could see as we come off the coach and then all their fans were abusing us and we were a bit like, yeah, come on then, let's, let's have it type attitude. And, and it really did. I felt it lifted it lifted me, it lifted us. And it changed possibly maybe I, we might have been a little bit um, on the back foot to, to when we set off, have it, you know, we, we really set out to have a go because we were definitely, you know, with the players they had, the form they were in, with how things were, it was definitely written against, you know, everything was against us at that time. And so it had to be something, you know, bigger from us to, to make sure. Mm. So what, what we might be getting as a, our own version of that is like a PowerPoint presentation of yeah. us conceding in the 96th minute <laughs> against Coventry, <laughs> something like that. That's the yeah, no. <laughs> Need to find something stronger than that. Yeah. He's, um, no, he's going to go back to last season, mate. And show, oh, yeah. Show yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah, he's not like, a, Appy obviously came in, didn't he? He's a bit, <laughs> bit newer as a manager. We're going to have to, yeah, we're gonna have to go finish. back into the yeah, again. Yeah, <laughs> um, you're coming down to the game, is that right? I'm hoping to, yeah. I'm in a, I've got tickets for the game. Um, and I and I desperately want to. I'm still playing, obviously, and we have a game that night. And oh to my no, unbelievable! Head against almost a once in a for me, I want like a once in a lifetime experience. And you know, it is is I'm I'm to and throwing. So it's still in my mind that I, there's, there's a good chance I want to try and get down. Um, 
I'm I'm just not I'm just still to in and throwing with the idea but I'd love to um I'd love to get down I'd lo- I've not been down since I've left I'd love to see the atmosphere um of all games as well um that puts myself up to one which obviously means means meant a lot to me at that time and and and, and now I'm retired I'm you know I'm not going to get many um chances to to you know probably enjoy a little bit for myself because obviously I'm you know, with with the game, I'd I'd get a, you know a nice reception. The Pompey fans have always been good to me, and so it'd be nice for me personally. You know, with having retired now, and 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 at times that's been difficult. Um, and so I feel like it'd be nice, almost for the ego, and you know, for my own self, you know, confidence, and to look back and you know, and the effect that I could have on people and did have on people at that time. You know, it'd be nice for me to get down for them reasons too. So I am hopeful of getting down. Yeah. I mean, it would mean a think... lot of Pompey fans as well, not just yeah, yourself, definitely. but it would, it would literally lift the ground. So it's um, yeah. it's one of those it's one of those things that you think it's good for you and it's um, good for the fans. And if you could make it happen, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, in fact, maybe the three of us need to go wakeboarding this weekend. What? <laughs> just go skiing or something, and then you know, if you end up, <laughs> oh, if you end up, if you end up yeah. tripping over yeah. or yeah. The accidental twisted yeah. ankle for yeah. four days out. <laughs> Divine intervention. Yeah, breaking a nail or whatever. We want to, <laughs> yeah. to be fair, I think if um if you even if you do play your Tuesday evening game, if Pompey somehow get a result, you could probably travel from Lancaster down to Portsmouth and still yeah. arrive in time yeah. to get a lot of the celebrations going. Yeah. To be honest. yeah, I'm sure they'll be they'll be going on for a long time if that was the case. Yeah. No, definitely. And and if you do come down to, to Pompey, you've definitely got to hit us up and um and let us know. And if you know if you are there and about and stuff and um yeah, that'd be awesome. We could maybe have a, have a beer or something, yeah. In the yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, of course I would. Yeah. I mean there's a there's a few people I said I'd let go, let know if I was definitely coming down and I think to be honest it'll probably be the, the, the Sunday that I'll know for sure, um mm. after that game and see how I feel. I might have a strained nail. A cheeky oh. little, yeah. <laughs> so, Wakeboarding question mark. <laughs> yeah. so, let's say that you're in the in the Pompey changing room. You, you're there on Tuesday. You've been brought into the changing room as an example of someone who's who's won the South Coast Derby, and you're looking at, at a team of full of players who aren't actually that far from where you were a few years ago in terms of being yeah. underdogs, not coming into the the game on a great uh, run of form, um, and obviously the difference between being at home rather than away. But what is what do you say in the last five minutes before that team goes out on the pitch? What's the takeaway message? And what's the last thing you say to those 11 players before they go out? Um, they can be heroes. They can genuinely be. I mean, my social media has gone off every two weeks for the last five years, just off the back of pretty much one goal that wasn't even a winning goal. Um, and that's how much it meant to not, you know, lose to Southampton and how much it would mean to get a result. So this is how that's how much it means. I think they should be hopefully getting the gist of it because of even my first season there, I only really got the start to get just the gist of it the week before the first game, the week or two before the first game and the, the long build up to it. And just I was like, wow, this is this is big because I'd done other derbies, but nothing was like this one. And so I, I'm I'm hoping that the players will just start to realise just just what it is going to mean. I'm sure, you know, if they've, they've been seen by the fans in the streets and that, this that's all they'll be talking about to them and you start to get the, the gist of this This is massive and you, you've got to respect that and and just know that I, even when it was one all in that game and I was thinking, please let me score. Like, please let me score. If I got the winner now, imagine like what it'd mean. Imagine it. And so it was going through my head on the pitch. And so if these guys got a chance to, to 
make themselves heroes for you know you know for for till the next time the teams meet. Mm. And would you would you give that speech by the way if Pompey said say you say you have your broken nail and Pompey said or yeah. um you know David can you come into the changing rooms and and you know speak to the lads would you be up for that? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, to be honest, I feel like it's a little bit different these days. Uh, I don't know, you know, with the, the, the younger mindset and I, th- I still think at the team that I played in when I was there, we still had some big characters that got us through that um, occasion. Uh, like Ricardo Rocha, um, massive character on the day, you know, people yeah. have been, still done it. And we had a little, we had maybe four or five bigger players that could still make sure and take that in and believe in it. Whereas... I sometimes question these days just what it means to people and it, you know, as in the, some of the younger players, if it doesn't work out, it's right. Well, I want to leave. I'm going to move on. I'm the, not, I'm going to fight. I'm going to stay. I'm going to fight for my place. I'm going to make it work. I just don't know. It's harder for players to buy into, into how much it means, but obviously if they thought it would help, I, of course I would. Yeah. Nice one. Well, I, I, do, I do generally think that, and I know some of the results have been, well, the results have been poor recently, but at the same time, I do think when you look at us last season, the shithousery and the sort of the players in the team, and the competitiveness, even losing to Sunderland in the playoffs, you've got to see the fight we had and on the pitch, yeah. you know, literally as well as uh, figuratively. Yeah. And, and you've got to see that I reckon, you know, if we can get the tactics right, I think the lads really want this. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah. Um, Let's say that, that Pompey pull off a win. Um, one of our, the guys we work with on, on the Pompey pages is uh, foolishly said he'll get a tattoo of Kenny Jacket, um, <laughs> which is a that's how confident he is we're not going to get a result. Yeah. Um, how would you celebrate? How would you celebrate in that situation? I'm not expecting you to get a Kenny Jacket tattoo. If I was, if I was a player? No, no. Um, Doug, ne- next Tuesday, as a fan, next Tuesday. Oh, I just. I'd just go straight out and get absolutely trolled and, and enjoy it for as long as I could. Because um, it's not going to come around, you know, like not many, not often, and especially with where they are in the, in, the, in, the, in the leagues. And so if you can get something, I would just milk the life out of it, like I pretty much have, to be honest, the last five years yeah. or so. Um, you and, could and get it, replaced at this it. point if, um, yeah. if Curtis storms up and yeah. scores a 30-yarder with you know, a minute left. Mind. That's crossed my mind. This could be the end of it. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I'm not one of these. You know, there's the people who hold all the records and, and they go, yeah, when someone breaks it, no, I'm, I'm delighted for him. Um, you know, I, I wanted someone, records are there to be broken. I'm not that guy. I'm enjoying this still, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I I, as much as I want him to get something out, I don't want to be replaced. So I'm you enjoying another twenty years of this. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. That's all right, David. No one's replacing you, mate. Because I'll tell you what, these sort of victories go through in history. We can name, you know, different bits going back, like you know, the demolition derby and stuff yeah. before. And you know, no one's no one's getting replaced, mate. We've got we've got room for yeah. another hero. Put it that way, especially yeah, Pompey. yeah. Pompey's I not. It. I can take not, that. Yeah, we're not we're not we're not a club like um, United or something that has this sort of a mass of heroes of however many times they've won the Champions League. We've got a select few. And oh right, yeah. Going forward, mate, definitely. <laughs> right, I can take that. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. Someone else share that line. Like, hopefully, anyway. Hopefully, someone makes himself a hero. Andy, what's your score prediction, mate? Uh, that's a t- like based on the fact that I've actually watched just this season. Um. I'd, I'd take a, a oh, I'm going to get slaughtered for this. I'd take a loss by two goals, to be honest with you, at this point, and 
assume it was a half decent performance. I think we'll go down three one. If I'm I honest, mean, I like the honesty, mate. I mean, um, I'm, I mean, all we're yeah, I like yours. Yours, you've got the pragmatic mate, approach. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mix it up. I'm gonna mix it up, mate. Come on, I'm gonna say it's gonna be. A, I, I think you know we look at the likelihood of what's going on, but this is a derby, and I'm gonna say on these sort of days anything can happen. Um, and I'm gonna say we're gonna we're gonna turn up, and the gods are gonna be with us, no matter what who you believe in, whether that's um, no gods or whoever, uh, and we're gonna win two one. Yeah, that's where I'm going. I'm going the two ones. Two ones with a pitch invasion at the end. That's it. Pitch invasion. Yeah. Absolute scenes if we do. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, the scenes would be ridiculous. It would be. You can't can't miss it, see? You know you can't miss it. Ah, I know. I know. Imagine (laughs) if that. It would be unbelievable to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Wakeboarding. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to see what I can do. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to be keeping an eye out for your injury state. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'll just make sure the manager don't hear this. <laughs> I don't think he's going to get this far. Oh, right. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll just sound bite that bit and tweet it to Lancaster. It's fine. It's all good. That's yeah. it. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. That's yeah. yeah. That's yeah, everything no we've worries, got. Guys. Anytime. Yeah. Been... Literally, absolute legend, mate. Um, yeah. Nice. Thanks so much. All right. Cool. Guys. Right. If I'm coming up, I'll give you a shout. If I'm coming down, yeah, definitely give us a shout, man. Yeah. All right, cheers, All right, mate. Nice, mate. All right, bye. 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 First of all, I miss, I miss, uh, I miss, uh, I miss playing in in front of those uh, my beloved supporters, and uh, I miss being there. Obviously, uh, it was a dream of mine, hopefully, to come back and finish football there. But hey. Sometimes you don't get what you want, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's gonna be a great atmosphere. I'm I'm gonna be there to be fair. I need to be there. I need to support my team, so I'm gonna be there. It's gonna be the first time to come back for a long time, so I'm trying to look forward and hopefully we can we can beat them. No, definitely, and oh, it's great to hear you're coming down because I know that's gonna mean it's gonna mean a lot to the Pompey fans as well having you at the game. Um, yeah. How, how did that come about? Did you did you just get a ticket or did the club speak to you? I, I, I'm actually, I, they don't even know. So I, I've actually, my friend, I told my friend's going to go in tomorrow. Um, she's probably trying to purchase a ticket, just trying to speak to him. So I don't really know what you're supposed to do, but I'll just go as a normal person, just buy a ticket just to support my team. So hopefully um, my friend will get me a, um, a good place so I can enjoy, enjoy the atmosphere. No, he better do. He better get you a good ticket. If not, I reckon you could probably just turn up and speak to speak to Mark Catlin and and wangle yourself one. But uh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because yeah, I thought oh, I'll probably try and find. Uh, I don't know if Dave's still there. Dave's the kid, man. I don't know if he's still there. So I'll probably try to contact him or Linvoy probably. Because I don't really know. I'm sure he's changed. I'm sure there's different people there. Yeah, uh, Kev, Kev's still around. Oh, Big Kev is there, yeah. So yeah, I'm trying to reach him. Yeah, he, he's the he's the man to get in touch with, I reckon. In in that case, but Lamala, yeah. cheers again for coming on the podcast. Um, can you just tell Pompey fans where you've been um playing since 2007? Yeah, but obviously, you know, um, I, I never wanted to leave Pompey, and there was so many things that happened behind, and so many there was not truth to it because obviously, obviously, I lost my son. And it was a bit difficult for me because I was injured. But obviously, when Harry came back, um, you know, um, 
the truth wasn't told. Obviously, when I was injured, I was taken to I was taken to see a specialist, which that specialist wasn't the right person. He actually messed me up a little bit more. But we are actually, you know, and obviously I wasn't. Me and Ali wasn't getting on well, you know. So and because obviously when he came back, he has his own other plans. I love the guy, but so I had to move, and the only way Harry would not let me go to another team in England, so I had to move away. So I went to uh, Olympiacos because I also wanted to play um, Champions League. So I went to Olympiacos, and then from Olympiacos, I went to Qatar, and then I came back to Olympiacos. And when I came back to Olympiacos, and I, I had a, a deal to sign with Paris Saint Germain, and but it didn't work out, so I ended up going to. Um, uh, uh, and I went to uh, was was in the team in Cyprus, Omonia, and then I went to Blackpool. I came back to Blackpool, which I was supposed to sign for Birmingham with Chris Ewan, but uh, something didn't work out. That's why I ended up going to Blackpool, and then from Blackpool I went to Turkey. And Turkey, I've been playing there. I played there for a while, you know, which was really fun. And then I decided to move back. I wanted to come back home, uh, probably to uh, Portsmouth or. Colchester, that was my dream to finish in one of them just to say thank you for everything, you know. Um, but it didn't work out, so I ended up going to Cyprus, and I've been in Cyprus there for two years, so I'm probably playing my last year and then call it quick. But at the same time, I'm doing my coaching now, so I've been traveling all over the place. Yeah. Are you looking to um, get back into, into coaching seriously? Like, would you would you be interested in? Um, so I know the fans would absolutely love it if you were to, to come and coach at Pompey. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, start, I'm starting my lesson now. Um, well, um, yeah, I would love to come back in 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 in, in Portsmouth one day. You know, be a coach, be part of it. Even now, like just to be, if, if, even if I can work with the club now as an ambassador or something, I would love that because Portsmouth meant a lot to me. Obviously, coaches. I was the first team that gave me that love, and then I went to Newcastle, which I have a lot of respect for. But I don't. For me personally, I think. It, Everything kicked off when I came to Portsmouth, really. Is that everything I knew from Colchester and then Newcastle, and I brought it in Portsmouth. And, and the fans, I can't really speak highly of them because it's something that will always stay in my mind. So um, it's a place that I love. That's a home also for me. So to be able to be around, you know, part of a, a Portsmouth setup, whoever, ambassador, whoever, and become a coach, training the youngsters. Giving them some of my knowledge, it will be it will be a dream come true. Also, so. there's a lot of people that would love to have you back at the club. I think, um, especially the fans. You've obviously after after playing at Pompey, you moved around Europe a, a little bit. Does yeah. playing abroad uh, in other parts of Europe, the style of football and the attributes you need to succeed, is there a big difference, uh, or is that just yeah, yeah. exaggerated a bit? It's, it's to be fair, it suited me because uh, I think when you go outside, you realise it's more technical. Like if you're technically, like they take the time to build, and I, I was glad, I was glad to kind of learn my trade in England, but I, I, my my other side, the skills and things, it was more appreciated. Obviously, in post in Portsmouth, yeah, I was loved, and you know they gave me that freedom, and Harry gave me that freedom to to express myself, but. Um, but which you don't get that for many, many teams or, or managers, you know. But abroad, you really need that. You really need to have those skills. You really need, and they take the time to build the game. So it was, it was it, for me, it was uh, like going to 
Olympiacos in Greece. I mean, not many people know about these because obviously when you're playing in England, because we're just our mind is here. But when you go as like Olympiacos, Olympiacos is a very big team. A yeah, massive very, team. team, massive yeah. team. And people don't realize that passion, especially in Turkey. I went to Turkey also, but I didn't realize they love the fanatics about football. And mm. when going there, it was like a different experience, different atmosphere in the football. And for me, it was like, I mean, if you have skill and technique, you can you can play. And obviously, no, because England is strong. England's physically strong. The game is fast. But outside, it's not like that. That's why you see most of the team. Uh, even when they play on an international level, when they play in England or, or or in the Champions League, or if the teams go, that you can see technically they're amazing, but they're not strong and physically because we last longer. So, so yeah, it was a great. It's, it's just a different game, really. It's mm. more slower than England, but it's more. They take the time doing things. And it's really hostile, isn't it? The atmosphere yeah. from what I've seen in in, yeah. in Turkey in particular. And let's. I was. I was in. You uh, know. I was blessed enough to be in uh, obviously when Colchester I've experienced the derby there in Newcastle I experienced the derby with Sunday and then nothing beat what we had in uh, obviously in Portsmouth and, and Southampton but when I went to uh, Greece and my first game was Olympiacos against Spanish and and we played away but in England obviously both sides they can come in the supporters comes in but in that side, none of us, because we, we played there, it was all green, because their colour is green. And yeah. the stadium was literally all green, and I didn't know. So I look around trying to find a fan. I couldn't see no one fan. Wow. And the same thing, because we're red. When they came to our side, it was all red. And I realised, oh, these people are really fanatics like that. So whoever comes, if some of our fans goes there, you're, you're talking about somebody dying. No one mm. person. You talk about a few people dying, so it shows you as fanatics. But sometimes, obviously, it goes. I think that's a bit too much. People die, but it means <laughs> yeah. so much to them. It means so much to them. It's ridiculous. Like literally, for me, I couldn't even go to the other side of. Um, we still living in Istanbul, but I couldn't go. Uh, sorry, in the in Athens, but I couldn't go to the other side where Panathinaikos fans are because they'll rip your car to bits. Mm. So it was really fanatic and crazy about, it. but. For me, nothing beats my, my my best supporters is Portsmouth. I always say it's not because I play for them. Even if I wasn't a player of Portsmouth, just the experience in that place, the noise, and they don't realize how much energy they used to give. They used to give it to us. You know, sometimes you play games, you're really tired, but you hear the fans screaming from the beginning to the end. It gives you that extra energy. That's led quite nicely into what we were going to ask you next, uh, which is about the, the atmosphere at Fratton Park as a whole. But for those derbies where you played against Southampton at Fratton, did, did you notice that the atmosphere sort of went up another level? Or was it... it, 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 it but, you, you know, every every week it was like that. But obviously at that one, you know, I've never, <laughs> I've never slept so early in my life because I'm always a person couldn't sleep before 12. But that game meant so much that you have to sleep early because obviously you had the fan reminding you about the game. So, yeah, they did. It took it because we really, it's not just about players wanting to win. It's like the whole club, like the whole city. Mm. You know, so everybody, so it's like, like a, it's amazing to explain it to people. It's like, 
even when I talk about it now, I still get that shriveling. So he was, he was just one of the better. Like he's probably top three or top five. Uh, to, yeah, top three of my best day ever. You know, like, but wow. and, I, yeah. I, and I just played twenty five minutes. So I took yeah. more than actually oh, yeah. with me. So you, was, you did a lot in the twenty five minutes, though. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it, it was amazing for me, and then not only for me, not only because I scored, but just and you know, obviously Harry was in the went to the other side, you know, and it was just there was so much things to it. It was just amazing. The fans, it, it was the best day. You know, I mean, the whole week or whatever, it was just beating them, and I hope, I hope we can beat him again on on Tuesday. Mm. How did you find um, the the travelling to the ground? I mean, we again we spoke to to David Norris about travelling to St Mary's. And he said that they really realised quite how big the occasion was when they were driving towards the ground and you've got all of these red fans shouting at the coach and, you know, you realise just how hostile it is. Is that a similar experience to what you had? Yeah, it is, but I already, I already knew about it, before, you know, because everyone always used to talk about it. Mm. I already, it's like literally all, because me, I, I used to go everywhere in Portsmouth, you know, like especially town and things. So you already, I already had, and I was doing a lot of like activities from the clubs outside as well, like uh, hospital and doing um, charity stuff. So yeah. I already knew how much it meant. So it's like you, nobody had to, like the fans and the people already, because it's it's a family and not all like, just going in, a, it's a family just going in that stadium. You know, the people you meet in front and they tell, it's just a fan, so I, already, I became like one of them. I also became a fan of Portsmouth, not only because I was a player, so I knew what, how much it meant. So, and, and, you know, for some players that who didn't know, yes, going in that stadium and you see the passion, you see, it's crazy, man. I, I, I wish I, I can go on and on and explain, but he's, you know, this is the main reason I, because I, I was supposed to travel. But I'm staying up for for this so I can come and watch that game and and I'm getting a lot of uh, obviously messages from fans on on Twitter and things like that so to to come along to come and support so you know it's, it, I, I'm hoping that it to be a great night for us but it is when you get into the stadium you see around you look around before wow no this is the games that this is the games that you want to play mm. this, this is it they let you the the big games and that sort of that sort of atmosphere, um, you know, the fans feel it, um, you know, the players feel yeah. it, and ev- everyone involved in the in the city and both cities um, sort of feels that, don't they? And yes, yeah. we, we spoke yeah, to. Both, yeah. I mean, what was the belief like for you guys um, before you played Southampton? You know, in the game you involved in. You know what? What was the expectations like in the dressing room? Did you think you know we, there wasn't? Was there any doubt, or did you guys go into that thinking no, you're going to win I, it? I think I think we had that extra motivation because of obviously knowing that Harry left us as well. He went to the other side, so we had uh, more. We was more determined to be to beat him because obviously part of the reason also Harry, you know, yeah, abandoned us. That's how we felt. So. I think each one of the person knew that you know we're in it's a war, so we got we can't let him come into our place and beat us. It was impossible. So we all, everyone, everyone's 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 mind was kind of ready. So we knew that we can't lose this game. So and then you can see it from. I think if you looked at you, you know, sometimes before a game you you kind of look at well, I had these things. Well, this is how Harry used to look at me. So Harry used to basically 
and uh, look at me before a game to see what mood I'm at. You know, mm. so and I, and I started doing that. So I looked around my play and I knew it was on. I knew that uh, this is gonna be even. I, and I wasn't fit, fit, but I wanted to be involved in this game. So you know, we, we knew that. We knew what was going into. We knew when I'm gonna let him. You know, you know. I, I'll give you like an example. Like a lot of people, a lot of people think uh, a lion is the strongest animal, but he isn't really the strongest animal. I don't think a lion can beat an elephant, but he puts it into your mind that, oh, I'm going to rip you to pieces. Yeah. And that's, what, that's, that's the mentality that I had anyway. And I'm sure all my teammates, as it goes back, we took it. We took it to practice. So we knew that we put that. And I'm sure Southampton, they were scared. Anyway, Harry, you can see Harry was scared from that game anyway, because he was on. So, and I'm hoping these people have this, um, they have that, I'm sure, obviously the fans and everyone will let them know. I'm sure they've been there before. They played a game before, which I was going to come, but I didn't make it. And I'm sure this time they're going to pull it right because I know they lost the last game or something against it. Mm. So, did you feel as a dressing room sort of abandoned or betrayed when Harry left? What You said that there was quite, yeah. quite a lot of bad feeling there. What, what was it like in the dressing room at that point? It was a bad feeling, but then, like, some, you know, football, football is a crazy, it's a, it's a crazy world, you know, you're here today, going tomorrow, only he knows what happened for him to leave us, but come on, we, we, we felt a bit, we did feel a bit down, because you can go anywhere else, but why go to, why them? That's what we was feeling, why yeah, them? That was like a, yeah, but only he knew his reason, but, but we did get, we did get one back on him, you know, so... But he did come back, you know, as we love Harry, so he did come back. But yeah, but at that point, we was a bit disappointing. Yes. No, completely. I and I, I can I completely understand it, but I think it's really inspiring that it just it just helped the lads, you know, just pick themselves up and really, really go out there. And that passion was visible on the pitch from the fans' point yeah, of view. Yeah, he did give us that. Like, him also, he played that part for him. We thank him for going there anyway. <laughs> so we thank him for going there because he gave us that extra motivation to even be more. So you know, um, yeah. So it was a, it was a great. Like I say, he's probably top of my three, and and it was a great. It was a great day. It was all that week. I've never been so happy, and because we have to let him know, there's only one king in that course, and that was us. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. a good quote. That's a great quote. Yeah, <laughs> the fans that. are gonna love that. Yeah, did you? Um, <laughs> like, did you? I was just remember one of my memories of watching you play in particular was you scored against Arsenal and you celebrated and um, you you pull you pull your muscle, didn't you, doing it? And I remember all, all the lads mobbing you, weren't they? They were like mobbing you, and I just remember watching you know, that back. Yeah, that was crazy. I even try, I tried to style it. I tried to style it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> But obviously, because Harry was saying to me, you know, don't do that. Harry actually told me that you can't do that because obviously we're fighting to stay up. So we need you to stay. But, you know, like when you score and he was against Arsenal and then a header, you know, you don't see me see me score many headers, man. I, hardly, you know, like even when I signed a contract with someone. It was a great it. header as well. It came in from the right, didn't it? And you just literally like yeah, pelted in front of the front end. I, I, look, I don't know what happened. I don't know what I was doing up there. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly, you see me there, but and I always say to people when I sign my contract, I always sign my feet. It's my feet. I don't sign my my head. It's nothing to do with my head. But <laughs> it was a great go out for, and then I, I just got caught up in that. Uh, I was just, 
it's too much emotion and I end up doing a stupid thing which I did tell Harry I would not do. But it was it was it was before that. See people don't do gymnastics. People a person who done gymnastics will understand what I mean. it's before doing the cartwheel. And where I, where I done it, it was a bit muddy. So I twisted my ankle just as I was before doing it. But where I was in a position now, I cannot stop. So I mm. had to carry on with it. But I did my ankle just as I'm going to do the cartwheel. My ankle went. And that's why you saw me. If you look at it, I landed with my left off to protect my other one. But I tried to style it because I didn't want Harry to know. But obviously, No, I saw it. I remember watching the replay and you sort of pick yeah, all, the, all the, your teammates will come over and they're all mobbing you and stuff. Yeah. And you must have hurt. Because I, I don't know if it's, I think it's Matt Taylor. He lifts me up, kind of. Yeah. I was in pain. I'm not going to lie. I was so, But I'm trying to hold it inside. I'm like, just trying to play so Harry won't know. But obviously, nah. I was, uh, was, was the plan to, to pretend you weren't injured during the celebration and then the next time you got the ball just to <laughs> pretend you did it then? Or? <laughs> I was gutted after that. I was really gutted. But I thank God that, you know, we actually stayed up on that year. Yeah. And the boys, everyone did good, so yeah, it was, it was it was a blessing. But yeah, I was great. So if we look to uh, obviously you you've seen that uh, we've got Southampton next week, and you're coming along to the game. We asked David Norris this. It'll be interesting to compare your answers. If you were in the the Pompey changing room at half past seven next Tuesday, and you get to give the last ten five ten minutes of of you know team talk to the to the players. What sort of things are you going to be saying, uh, and what's the last thing you'd say to them before they go out and uh, onto the pitch? Uh, what would I say to them if they're going? If they're going, uh, they, they, they should know. They should really and truly. I wouldn't have to say nothing to them. They just have to look at my eyes and see how much you meant. Because sometimes mm. you need that. Because sometimes you, you're playing for the shirt. You're yeah. really playing for yeah. the shirt, and and that's I think a lot of they have to understand that you're actually playing for the sea. You know that's a big game for us. It, it can't come bigger than that. Mm. So you, you you know what I mean? So yeah, uh, you you have that. I think I used to look at I used to look at the zoo. I used to you know my my best player was Steve Stone. I love Steve Stone. You know, I used to I used to get my yeah I used to get my motivation from him because for me it was like right with his age and he still had that passion and you look up for his eyes you, you knew how much he meant to him and that's mm. and, and that's what I always say to people sometimes and even even some of the players young players I played with I always say to them when you're under pressure just look at me which you know I'll try to take that thing away from me and and just yeah that's what I said to you. I'll just put I'll put the shirt if I was a coach I'll just put the shirt on on the board like just put it and say and just remind them this is what you're playing for and it's the whole city because the shirt represents the whole city everyone in the club mm. that's what I'll do so the I city, won't put too much pressure on them the city has to be blue right they, I don't know if you saw a while ago they, they, they the owners of the Spinnaker Tower tried to make it red and uh, I think it got bought by Emirates or someone and it was I love, just I love red I love red in Greece because that's Olympia course, but not in England, my friend. Uh, yeah. The city has to be all blue, all blued up. Because I'll be wearing, I'll be wearing blue, so I'll have my shirt on. Also. Good man. Awesome. Wearing it proud. Yes. So yes. I'm assuming I'm. Um... I can travel, but 
because I, I live I live in Peterborough, and I hope I can travel back to Peterborough being happy, man. <laughs> hope so. Yeah, right. um, that's true. Is scoring, I'm assuming, though, the two goals in the 4-1 win, is that the, the highlight of your time at Pompey as a whole? Sorry? Uh, the, the goals you scored in the 4-1 win, um, is that, was that the, the best 28 minutes of your time at Portsmouth? Or was it... That was. <laughs> that probably was the best. You can't play 25 minutes in the Premier League in 25 minutes like won a penalty, two goals, not even that, like I've taken all the goals, like I took all the goals, their side and our side, I took it with me. Mm. When I finished my 25 minutes, I said, thank you very much. I'm going to go, I, I, I hated it, I didn't want to go off, but hey, but it was uh, to finish just, yeah, it's 25 minutes in the Premier League to score, to, nah, it's amazing. It was amazing, mate. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to try and see if I can get Yak to come with me Tuesday, actually. Do it. Yeah, That'd be incredible. Definitely. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm going to try and push him to come. Yeah, definitely. Call him. Uh, say, we'll, we'll buy him a beer if he comes down, or, or a couple. <laughs> a lot of people will buy him beer if he comes down, I think. Yeah, we'll get his whole night paid for from people. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to call him tomorrow, actually, try and push him. Amazing. That's our... Uh... That's our breaking news from the interview that you're going to get the act to come I'm, down. Yeah, I'm going to try, but I'm definitely there for sure. Awesome. Did the club approach you and offer you tickets to come down, or have you had to pull some strings? No, his friend, man. Was it your friend? Sorry, I didn't hear that. I'll, 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 find, I'll find a way. I'm going to come, I, that's my home, so I'll find a way. Good Even man. if you end up fighting those people, like ticket people, I'll, I'll be there. Yeah. I'll find my way. I'm definitely not going to miss that game, so. Yeah, I'm gonna be there to support to support my team. And do you think um, I'm a fan? I'm a fan of Pompey. So yeah, you're one of us, man. We're all the same. Yeah, we're all we're all uh, just Pompey people, man. And um, you what's don't know your? How much man, it hurts me to like, even when I had to go to 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 Olympia to leave because I've never said anything. I've never done. I was hurt to leave because that was that was my home. Mm. It's crazy. It's always gonna be your home, though, mate. Thank you. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure. We're all the fans and everyone in the city loves you, dude. So um, it's always it's always your home to come back to whenever you want. And um, even though you live in Peterborough now, which is um, I heard all right, I'm I'll, I'll there. come back. Just for, for now, I'll probably come back there on that side. Cause, you know, we have the boss in there. We always have the missus. They boss people. But she's there, things like looking at me, so I can't really talk that much. But yeah, they're the boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love that man. I mean, Portsmouth's better than Peterborough because you've got the sea, you know, the people. Everyone loves you. It's just not the league sense. table. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to push there, like you know, maybe we should go back to that side because it's much better. That's it. You never know what will happen in the future, you know. We just That's need great. to speak to Mark Catlin for you and get you put on the uh, on the coaching staff, and then we're all good. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, what's your prediction for the game then? Have you, I know it's a hard one, but. Have you got have you got a feeling at all or like because I, I I said um, that you know it's a derby anything can happen and um, I, yeah. I went for a two one win. You know what I was just about to say this. Honestly, I was just about to say I go for two one. Love that. Me, you, and David I'm, Norris. I'm, 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 <laughs> for me, it's like it's gonna be like I think they'll probably start one and then we'll come back one one and then second half last minute I think you know we'll beat and we'll. Grab one, and I, that's that, that was my prediction. Two one. Last minute, fratten end. 
Love yeah. that. Love that. Ben Close, what do you reckon? Pompey boy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes, 2-1. Two, 2-1, one. Two, one, I'll go for 2-1. Amazing. Come on, Pompey. Let's have it. Let's have it, boys. Yeah. Love it. Well, mate, I've really appreciated coming on the podcast. It's been amazing to speak to you um, as thank a fan you. and just generally. So um, we really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Definitely appreciated. Thank you for having me. I'm excited already. Man. Yeah, yeah. Games <laughs> tomorrow, so yeah. Thank you for having me, though. It's been it's been really good talking to you. Guys. No, it's been amazing having you on the podcast, and yeah, we'd love to have you back on soon sometime. Yeah, sure. All right, cheers. Thanks for letting me know. Thank you. Bye. Thanks again to David Norris and Loa Loa for coming on the podcast. It's amazing to, well, to have both those guests on, wasn't it, Andy? Yeah, um, it was nice to see that in players who haven't been at the club, you know, in one case for 12 years and the other one for, what, seven or eight years, Mm -hmm. um, there's still that level of passion and they both genuinely sound like Pompey fans from their from their experiences at the club um, and they both comment so much on the atmosphere at Pompey and that's just something that we've got to try and recreate at Fratton because hearing some of the things they were saying about you know uh, Laman Lualua saying that it's the best one of the best atmospheres he's ever played in front of and it, it yeah, made him become a Pompey fan etc yeah and, you know and I, I just don't feel that if he was at Pompey now he'd go away feeling the same thing um, and it's on every single Pompey fan who's out fratting to to try and change that. And whatever it is, whether it's we're less with our backs against the wall now than we were in 2009, 2010, it sort of era. Uh, whether there's more expectation now because there's more money in the club, I don't know. But the fan base as a whole seems a bit more divided, well, a lot more divided than it was back then. Um, and I don't, don't think there's any real argument that, that the atmosphere isn't as good now or isn't as positive now or however you want to describe it as it was when when those players were, were at the club and I think we've just got to everyone's got to take their own personal responsibility to try and to try and recreate that and if everyone in in the ground everyone in the front end does that then you know as a as a sort of a communal effort we can start turning it around but it, it like we were saying about the Burton game it's difficult with with some of the football, some of the results you're seeing, it is, it's not as easy as I've just made it sound. No, but I think for this game coming up, the Southampton game, it is that easy because no matter what's happened before or what's going on around the club, this game is different. This game is an individual game that everyone needs to just put in a vacuum um, and just just think of it as, you know, it's it's the Pompey versus Southampton derby and we we hate them and we've got to go out there and just see it in that in that well without trying to sound like Eminem in in that sort of moment do you know what I mean and really sort of get out there and do the city proud and the fans have got to be part of that as well yeah first 10 minutes is huge um the players need to come out the crowd I have absolutely zero doubt will be as loud as it has been for years and years and years and the team have got to start fast and respond to that. Hopefully we win the win the toss and we can have the second half shooting towards the fratten end. I think that does play quite a quite a big difference, uh, make quite a big difference. Um, but yeah, if we can start fast, start hard, uh, give no time and space on the ball and the crowd get into the game and we don't concede in the first 15-20 and we can grow into the game, I, well, you never know, do you? I mean, I'm a shameless optimist. You never know. Anything can happen in a cup game. 
completely and that's what and that is what we have to we have to see it like um interesting Southampton concede most of their goals in the second half um supposedly anyway and they are slightly um dreadful at defending aerial balls into the box now I don't think that's going to help us the way we're playing <laughs> anyway because we can't really put a ball in the box very yeah, effectively I think at the, the moment. The, the balls that are being put into their box are probably slightly higher quality than the ones we're delivering in what, League One De, at the moment. De Bruyne or whoever else is putting a ball in the box for them. De Bruyne, um, Curtis, you know. <laughs> it looked the same. Just rolls right? off the tongue, yeah. Both got blondish <laughs> hair. Um, yeah, well, anyway, let's just quickly have a... I, we'll touch on the Wickham game because we haven't got time to go into it because it will do, end up doing a, another a monster. monster episode, mate. Yeah, and it's already just gone 11 at night. So, and I, yeah, I need to... I still need, 10 to 6, it's all good. Living yeah, yeah, it. yeah. I'm, I'm about the same time, mate, and I have to edit this podcast. So, are you guys listening? Got a lot of love for you, right? Anyway, <laughs> right, let's do it. Wickham. Obviously, they're not doing well, Andy. So just tell me how awful they are and your feelings in the game. Oh, dreadful team. Comfortable win. Uh, if we don't win by five, I'll be raging. No, they're, they're, what, they're third in the table. Um, they've only lost one out of, out of the nine games they've played in the league. Uh, the last couple of games they've had, I think they've drawn against uh, against Accrington and I think they lost to, to Gillingham before that. So as, as times to play them go, this might not be the worst, but... That doesn't really count for anything uh, when the whistle goes at the start of the game. There are going to be some some familiar faces turning out for them, quite possibly. So Ryan Allsop in goal, uh, who's made two very memorable appearances for Pompey. He's awful. And, yeah, and I think he was, I, I seem to remember him being absolutely dreadful for Blackpool when they played against us as well. And he's um, awful just generally. Yeah, just yeah. dreadful keeper. So he's, he'll probably have an incredible game. Uh, also, David Wheeler. Uh, is likely to get a run out against us who again you're probably going to say absolutely awful um, I don't think awful actually do you not get, oh, no. I didn't rate him at all at Pompey no I don't think awful I think he's one of those players that, especially playing for a team like Wickham who needs some pace injected into the side um, and he's quite direct I think his level is more of a, a lower level League One player but I think that he can score you watch him in how he scored before for Exeter um He's a good player. He just didn't didn't really get a shout in the yeah. team. And when he did play, he wasn't. I don't think he was awful at all. Um, uh, so my, yeah, my, la- my lasting memory of him is a is a first touch he made. It was it was towards the front end. It was half, about halfway between the centre circle and the, the the box we were attacking. Took a first touch and just punted it out for a throw in, literally from the centre of the pitch. And that um, you know that some you know just you just associate certain events with some players, and that's just what stuck with him. Uh, stuck with me from him, unfortunately. Uh, you're probably right that he didn't get a fair whack of it at Pompey and wasn't fully fit for a lot of his time here. Um, but I, I wasn't upset to see him go. In terms of us building the squad, I think we need to get promoted to the championship, as laughable as that sounds at this moment in time. I didn't think he was of the of the calibre we needed in the squad for that, so I wasn't too upset to see him go. So again, naturally, he'll have a, a decent game and probably assist and score. He was a checker trade hero for us, though, wasn't he? Four four matches, two goals, one assist. If we're calling anything to do with a checker trade heroic, then <laughs> I might just stop even doing these pods, mate. <laughs> Fair enough, because my next comment was 11 matches uh, in League One last season, no goals, no assists, one yellow card. Yeah, it, um, wasn't, it wasn't inspiring, was it? No, but I think he's, he's looked good for them. So... 
it's a difficult place to play Wickham, isn't it? And I think last season we went there, it was 3-2. Um, I was at the game. It was a lot harder than you think in that game. It wasn't an easy game. And um, Ainsworth, the manager, is particularly good, I think. And he's done well with a very small budget. However, they've just had some investment, haven't they, in the summer, which has allowed mm. them to go out and buy some more players. And I think we'll... Well, it's already bearing fruit, the fact they've got a great manager who was, you know, on a lower level League Two budget, to be honest. And Mm. he's been given a bit of money and it seems to be paying off. Yeah, I think they're going to be one of those teams that are really frustrating to play against. So Wickham's reputation in the league is for being one of those teams that will slow the game down. If they're a goal up, they'll time waste. They're like quite niggly off the ball. They're not a nice team to play against. And... I'm I'm quite glad we're playing them away from home rather than at home. I feel like the sort of the general feeling at Fratton at the moment would get frustrated very quickly with their general style of play. Uh, so I think us playing them away from home might actually be an advantage compared to us playing them at home um, away from home at the moment. They do time waste absolutely. Yeah. They're all shameless, isn't it? It's shameless as well. Yeah, I mean, in a in a team that sorry, in a league that. You look at some of the teams that are in League One or were in League One last year, for Wickham to be head and shoulders above as having a reputation for just being dicks, really, uh, is it's quite an impressive thing. <laughs> but they just embrace that and they don't um you know, they don't argue against it, they don't fight against it, they just embrace it and live up to it. Yeah, fair but, play to him as well. Fair play. Um all right, mate. Do you know what? We've gone on for quite a long time, and yeah. me and you have both been recording for a while now. It's so been three hours, mate. It's been a long evening. It has been. It has been. I mean, I love spending time with you, Andy, but I think we need to call it call it a day. So let's just throw the score predictions out there. Wickham, what do you reckon? I'm going for a score draw. I think either one or two or um, which again. We've got to stop saying this. I I said about the Blackpool game, I said a score draw on paper I'd be quite happy with because they're a tough team to go away to. But, yeah, then the score draws keep happening and they're never quite good enough. But, yeah, I think it'll be a score draw. Yeah, I'm going to go with one all. One all, nice. Mm. Um, yeah. God, this, the, the enthusiasm just seems to have drained out of us, I think, from the last last couple of weeks. Bearing in mind, we normally get messages saying that we're overly positive or we're too positive I, I can't see anyone sending those messages at the moment <laughs> i've got to be honest andy though you know what we are is we just express what we feel yeah absolutely mate i think unfiltered mate with the days of social media it's obvious to see what most people on social media's opinions are i'm probably yeah well both of us i think are both pretty mid, near the, mid, the middle we don't get too too angry we don't get too crazy happy at one result um, but at the moment it is seriously tough going and I'm not going to deny that in the slightest no yeah. and let's hope mate that somehow I don't know we get a John Marquis hat trick and it just fires us on to carry on into on to Tuesday because we actually need a result and I say one all but in my opinion one all is not good enough for the way it working no you think we need three points from there or you'd expect yeah, three points yeah I do I do yeah. I, I, they have a good start to the season but they're not a great team they're a good team they're not a great team um, and if we, we need to be getting promoted we need to be beating teams like Wickham yeah. away I agree I just yeah I think we keep saying sentences like if we're going to get promoted um, I think there's no I just don't see the point of even looking at that far long term at the moment I really don't and at the moment I, I, um, say during a, a Saturday game day 
I keep looking at the other fixtures and then instinctively I look at how Sunderland are getting on, how Ipswich are getting on. But at the moment, that isn't actually relevant to us because we're not picking up points. Um, what it, yeah, but what it is relevant to, really, is that the club set out a goal of promotion this season, mm-hmm. OK? So I think it's fine as us, um, you know, bloggers, podcasters, media people, whatever, to be judging them against the target they've set. I think so they're being very much judged against that target at the moment. And I think, I really I think, And they knew this would happen as well, didn't they? We spoke to Mark Catlin and he said, if we don't get promoted this year that's only going to up the pressure for next season and people yeah. will demand that we should get promoted. That's and exactly if not, said, it's, that's what he said. That's what we're holding him to. And if we don't, it's going to be seen as a failure. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. It's, yeah, I mean, the part of the, um, part of the, the overall view of the club is that every season has been an improvement on the previous season. And for this season to be an improvement on previous seasons, we need to go up, simple as that making the playoff final and not going up, I will not count that as an improvement on last season. Um, yeah, the only the only way we can improve on last season is by going up. And if that's going to happen, we're going to have to see a, a turnaround fairly soon, to be honest with you. You don't want to write the season, well, you can't write the season off within the first 10 games. We've seen, you know, a couple of a couple of seasons ago, was it Plymouth went on a ridiculous run after Christmas, I think. Yeah. And they went from somewhere near the bottom of the table up to borderline playoffs just from Christmas. And they were around the relegation zone at Christmas. So it can happen. It absolutely can happen. But looking at looking at the the you know, watching the full ninety minutes at the moment, it's hard to see where that's coming from or what's going to kick start that. And again, there's a game next Tuesday is you just have to hope it's an opportunity for us to really get some momentum going, because that genuinely could change the outlook for for the next two, three months, the lift that would give the club and the lift that would give the city, as unlikely as it is, would be absolutely massive. Yeah, completely agree. And Andy, last thing I'm going to ask you, mate, is who are we betting on for the Scummer game? Because I actually Score. was going to... Yeah, because I was going to bring it up earlier on, but I didn't know what um, Loire Loire or Norris's opinions were on sports betting. So uh. I thought I'd leave that <laughs> until me and you were just chatting at the end and no one's listening. Yeah, I think uh, I think Curtis will score. If anyone's going to score, I think it'll be Curtis. He's he should be the sort of player that just gets completely into into this game. Him and Evans, I do want to see both of them starting. Uh, whether or not people think Evans is technically, you know, uh, Premier League able to compete with Premier League players, he's an extremely good player. And to be honest, his mentality and the one thing we were talking about with. Uh, Lamana there about when people look across the pitch and looked into his eyes when they're worried about the game. I think Evans is that sort of mentality where what well, he's Pompey's now Steve Stone. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that's going to really catch on as a nickname, but I do think that he's that sort of equivalent player where he's the sort of man you want out there for the big games, um, yeah. and he hates scummers. So, what better person could you have? And let's hope Marcus Harness is fit. I don't know if he is, but... Well, they're, yeah, they're claiming he won't be, but hopefully Jacket's just pulling a Jamal low again and he'll just actually be secretly fit and, and score a first-half hat-trick. That's it. Pray for Marcus. <laughs> Pray for Harness. Love it. <laughs> anyway, mate, um, that's all we've got time for because we've gone on for ages. Uh, thanks, everyone, listening. Uh, and until next time, play a You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now. Available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast 
at Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle!